Real quick note before we get started, if you're someone who truly finds the content in this podcast valuable, I ask that you please rate it and share it with your colleagues. In doing so, you can help us reach more bankers who are struggling to find sales advice that truly serves them. All right, let's get into it. The key ingredient in transitioning to actually talking with them about the desired financial future is to first tell them, look, we're here to talk about some options, but honestly, options is somewhat irrelevant. What's most important is where in life you're looking to go. Because we've taken the time to invoke emotion and create a logical case that shows them that meeting with the advisor is valuable, then the chances of them saying yes is very, very likely. Welcome to the Banking on Sales Success podcast. I'm your host, Brian Drake. After a decade-long journey working in the banking industry, I learned a lot about what works and what doesn't, and now I'm sharing those insights with you. If you've been in the banking industry for some time, you've probably realized that the majority of sales advice out there isn't built for us. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to episode six of Banking on Sales Success. Today, I'm going to be walking you guys through the exact process that I went through once a client walked in for a scheduled appointment and how I got them engaged and onto the financial advisor's calendar. A key part of this process is having a conversation first about a client's desired financial future state and helping get clarity so that we can imagine it just like they can before we try to recommend that they meet with the advisor. Once we do that, we will see more success in clients just simply agreeing now that we know where in life they're looking to go. What you're about to hear is a role play I did that demonstrates this entire process from the minute the client walks in to get the beneficiary added to their account to the minute that the client agrees to a financial advisor meeting. Once you're done listening to the role play, we're then going to break down the different elements so you can understand clearly exactly what just happened. Here's the role play. All right, Alan. So again, what we're going to be doing today is we are going to be getting that beneficiary on the account. All I'm going to need is their name and their date of birth. It'll take us about 10 minutes to get that situated. And then also based off of our conversation, we'll talk about some options in regard to the funds that you have here. So you can really feel confident knowing that you've got your money really working for you. The most important thing, Alan, is really where you're trying to get yourself to financially. Like what your real goals are. Like what what does a desired financial future really look like for you? So before we even go into any options, would you mind if I ask you, what does success look like to you in terms of your financial future? Well, you know, early retirement is one thing, right? I, w- I would love to retire early. I have three kids that I have to send off to college. So that's going to be something also. I don't know if I can do both. Um, those are my two most important. Anything extra like vacation would just be a little cherry on top. I see. So ideally, like success to you is retiring early, having a plan in place for your three kids to go to college, and then you walking away with enough money for you to be able to travel. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's spend a bit of time. If you don't mind bringing me into what that life actually looks like, if we were to just imagine life during that time, what does it really look like on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis? Oh, man, I'd like to be at least 55 at the oldest, Um, you know, just kind of taking it one day at a time. I'd like to be able to just work out in the mornings. I feel like because of my nine to five, I have to work out 
at night when it's busy, I would like to just get up and go whenever. That's important to me. Um, I like food, being able to eat the food that I want, you know, without having to care about the price tag. I know sometimes I like to go to a nice restaurant every once in a while, but, you know, it seems like right now I have to plan for it. Um, I wish I could just, just hop in whenever I would feel like it and I really what I can. Um, yeah, man, just I love movies. If I could just do that and, you know, get home and watch a good movie, that'd be great. Okay. So what I'm understanding here, Alan, is that at 55, ideally, you're keeping yourself physically active and exercise when you'd like, but also be able to decide to go eat some fine dining. You want to go eat at like a nice restaurant and you want to be up, you want to have the flexibility in order to do that at the drop of a hat and not have to question the pricing for it. And then you also mentioned movies where it sounds like ideally, if you just want to kick back at night, now that you're exercising during the day, you're just sitting back and you're relaxing and you're watching a movie. Yeah. Okay. So now that I've got a good idea as to what retirement looks like for you, ideally, do you mind if I ask, what is a plan ideally look like in regard to getting your three kids to college? A plan? Oof. I mean, just I just have 529s and I'm just putting money in there and whatever whatever the rest is, I just got a pocket. Okay. And if you had to put a number on it, how much would you like to have in each one of these 529s funded for your kids' college? I mean, ideally, probably about 100 each just because of how expensive things are going. But um, that's, you know, that's 300000 a pop. I don't even know if that's possible. Okay. So 300000 total, specifically just for the kids' college funds, would be just ideal for you. You're not sure if it's realistic, but that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned vacation. What is vacation now that you're 55? What does vacation ideally look like for you? Vacation, not too much. I, you know, I don't got to stay in a fancy hotel. I, I just want to be able to travel. Really, the most expensive thing is a plane ticket. So just kind of go somewhere. Kind of more of like a backpack kind of thing. I don't, you know, n- nothing crazy. I just want to experience other cultures and other places and just see how they live. I see. So it's more just about exploring new places and you're okay with keeping it on a pretty tight budget. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's imagine how much money it would take to fund this type of lifestyle, Alan. If you don't mind me asking, how much money do you think it's going to cost in order to fund this type of lifestyle consistently? I'd say about 7000 a month. Okay. For the college, for the gym, for the food. I see. And then just so, giving me some breathing room. I know I might have some medical problems probably down the road. I'm old. So $7,000 a month, if you can get yourself there, that will help your kids when it comes to college. It'll fund the lifestyle you want. And it's enough money for you in order to take care of any emergency medical expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you don't mind me asking, Alan, how much do you currently have working for you now? Aside from this account that you have here with Chase, how much do you have working for you now in order to reach this goal? About 400000 Okay. If you don't mind me asking, is that 400000 in cash or what do you have that invested in? I don't know. Really, I have a guy that does it. Um, he he kind of does his thing. You know, I just um, I just trust him. He, he has a plan somewhere. Um, we haven't reviewed it just this year. It's kind of early on in the year. We usually do it towards the end by August. Okay. 
So you've got the money invested in something. You're not sure what it is, but you've got somebody that you're working with and that you completely trust. Yeah, it's a mutual fund. You know, that's a mutual fund going. He has, you know, 529s going. I see. Okay. So we've got some accounts set up with, with this particular guy. To be honest, Alan, knowing exactly what you're invested in doesn't really make a huge difference. What really matters is a type of return. You confidently know that your portfolio is going to need to be yielding you in order for you to reach this retiring at 55 outcome where you've got the flexibility of time, being able to go to restaurants when you want be able to travel even on a budget. If I was to ask, how much of a return do you confidently know your portfolio is going to need in order for you to reach this lifestyle? I have no idea. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. At this stage in your life right now, like if we can sit down with you and take a look at the money you have here with Chase and take a look at the assets you have in the portfolio, and we can help you walk away with confidence knowing that the lifestyle you really desire for yourself is going to be a reality, whether that's confirming the plan you already have in place or giving you some advice to enhance your plan, would you find that valuable and worth your time? Well, it, it'd be worth my time. I just don't know if I'm, um, you know, this next coming month is pretty busy. Absolutely. I'll be able to do it anytime soon. Okay. So we try to do what we can to be as flexible with our, our clients who are very busy. Sounds like you're an incredibly busy individual. What we can do, if you feel like this would be valuable and worth it for you, what we can do after we're done with the beneficiary is we can get a meeting penciled in for a month out. And during that time, we can just have that on the calendar for us all to get together to help give you that reassurance about your current plan or just help give you some advice to enhance your portfolio. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd love to do that. Let me just talk to my wife. Sure. So yeah, we'll walk away with a meeting on the calendar. And then once you talk to your wife, because that's important for us to include our spouses in this sort of thing, right? Uh, when you talk to your wife, if your wife says that we don't need reassurance that our plan is going to get us to retiring at 55, whether or not we have the money we need to fund our kids' college accounts, and whether or not we have even a little bit of extra cash in order to do some low-budget traveling, if she says none of that is important, then we'll just cancel the meeting. No problem. All right. Okay. So let's break down exactly what just happened. The first thing that we want to make sure is clear is setting the stage for what the conversation today is going to look like. You're here to add the beneficiary, and then we're here to talk about some options for the money that you have in your account. The key ingredient in transitioning to actually talking with them about the desired financial future is to first tell them, look, we're here to talk about some options, but honestly, options is somewhat irrelevant. What's most important is where in life you're looking to go. So if you don't mind me asking, I'm asking you a few questions about what success looks like to you in terms of your financial future and retirement. Then the goal once we enter that space is to create a sense of clarity and understanding between you and the client so that you can imagine their retirement just as clearly as they can. And then once you have that in the scope and you can imagine it, it's about asking them thought-provoking questions like, how much do you think it's going to take to fund this type of lifestyle? And how much do you currently have working for you now in order to get yourself here? We then want to transition the actual conversation to the investments that the client has in place currently. And it's about engaging them about what they're invested in, but then letting them know exactly what you're invested in is irrelevant. What's important 
is the sort of return you confidently know that you're going to need in order to achieve this type of lifestyle. And then once they step into the reality where they don't actually know the type of return they confidently know that they need, it's about taking a step back and saying, okay, well, at this stage in your life right now, how important is knowing confidently that the plan you have in place is going to get you to this lifestyle and knowing confidently that the return that you portfolio is getting you will get you to this financial future. Most clients, once you get them to this step in the process, are going to be in the midst of that conversation feeling emotionally attached because you've now shown that you cared more about their financial future than you did the opportunity. So they feel emotion and they're thinking logically, I should probably meet with the advisor because I'm not sure exactly what's going on. The reason why this process is so powerful is because emotion and logic are two things that must be present in order for a client to make a decision. Because we've taken the time to invoke emotion and create a logical case that shows them that meeting with the advisor is valuable, then the chances of them saying yes is very, very likely. So as you're coming into meeting with clients, the goal is to first set the stage that the options are not important. Your financial future is important. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's see if it logically makes sense for you to meet with the advisor. And let's make a recommendation based off of the future you're looking to go to. And for those of you that take on this process and practice it, you will find the majority of clients coming in for appointments onto your advisor's calendar. If you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out and I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Banking on Sales Success. I'm Brian Drake, your host. Until our next episode, keep challenging the status quo. And remember, your potential for remarkable success is within reach. Good luck to you guys.